Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we come before you with dreams in which we see things in the world a little easier, a little freer, perhaps not as hard or as painful. Lord, whether it's life or whether it's COVID, whether it's our own circumstances or situations or those that we see and read about in the news and online. Lord, we recognize that our world has been shaken, uh, our foundation has been rocked, but you are the same God and the same solid foundation you have always been. So forgive us when we get consumed by that. Forgive us when our fear grows greater than our faith. Lord, center us once again. Thank you for your word and thank you for the stories of those who've gone before us and thank you for those that we seek and see today. As we continue on this journey with Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, Lord, we recognize how you have been present with them and you are present with us today. So Lord, center us once again, that our life, that our love, that our security be solid in you. I pray this in your son Jesus' precious name. Amen. With schools starting back, there sure has been a lot of emphasis on children's safety and security. What are other things that we find worrying about uh, security? What are other types of security that we might worry about? Name some of them. Financial? Job? I think it's been an issue not just for children, not just for schools, but for all of us. What about social security? Anybody worried about that? Uh, I wonder if Social Security will be around when I need it or I'm of age. People have said, don't count on it. It's probably going to run out by the time you need it or want it. In the book of Ruth today, we're talking about security. A social security, I believe, of a different kind that Naomi seeks to provide for Ruth in chapter 3. But before we explore that, let us be reminded in chapters 1 and 2 of where this journey has been before us. In chapter 1 of Ruth, we met Ruth, uh, we first met Naomi and Elimelech and her two sons. There was a famine in Bethlehem and they went to Moab. While they were in Moab, Naomi's husband Elimelech passes away. Her two sons married Moabite woman Orpah and Ruth. Naomi hears that the uh, famine has ended. Unfortunately, that both of Naomi's sons pass away. And she turns bitter, and we understand why. Naomi wants to go back to her homeland. And in going back to her homeland, she encourages Orpah and Ruth to go back to theirs. Orpah does, but Ruth says, wherever you go, I will go. And we begin to see Ruth's commitments to Naomi. As the chapter ends and chapter 2 begins, we see that the barley harvest is taking place. Ruth seeks to provide for Naomi, so she begins to glean the fields. And gleaning the fields, she discovers that the fields in which she's gleaning are Boaz's. 
Boaz's fields, Boaz is a kinsman, he's a relative. And so the kindness of Boaz begins to change Naomi from bitter to better. I gave a challenge at the end of the service. A challenge that, you remember it? Who are the Naomi's that you might know to reach out to and who are the Boaz's that we might need to think? We began to see that the kindness of Boaz offered to Ruth and Naomi is like the kindness that God offers to us and we have the opportunity to offer that to others. So today we pick up in chapter 3. Realizing that this security in which Ruth has found for her and Naomi in the grain, what happens after the harvest? What happens if the grain runs out? And what about Naomi? Naomi won't always be around. What happens to Ruth then? She must seek further, more long-lasting provisions. And Naomi gives her the guidance, the advice, the encouragement to step out and find that security. Where is it? And in whom does Ruth find it? We'll discover that together in chapter 3 of Ruth. If you're online, get your Bible. It's time to get your Bible and pull it out. For those here, I hope you'll get your devices or Bibles that you've brought. Let us turn to Ruth chapter 3 together, and I'll be reading selected verses, but we'll guide you along the way. Ruth chapter 3, verse 1. Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you, so that it may be well with you. Now here is my kinsman Boaz, with whose young women you have been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourselves, and put on your best clothes, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. She said to her, All that you tell me, I will do. So she, excuse me, verse 8. At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and there lying at his feet was a woman. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your cloak over your servant, for you are next of kin. He said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. This last instance of your loyalty is better than the first. You have not gone after young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not be afraid. I will do for you all that you have asked. For all the assembly of my people know that you are a worthy woman. Verse 15. Then he said, Bring the cloak you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her back, and then she went into the city. She came to her mother-in-law who said, How did things go with you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, He gave me these six measures of barley, for he said, Do not go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the things I really enjoy in ministry is the honor and privilege to spend time with people in moments of celebration 
as well in moments of sadness, preparing for a baptism, preparing for a wedding, sitting with someone at, while they're at the hospital, even planning a celebration of life, service or death, resurrection service with them. It is a raw time. It's a real time. Unfortunately, we've not been able to do that much lately. It's more on phone calls and texts and emails. But in spending those times together, I get to hear stories. One of my favorite is the stories of how a couple met. How they liked each other, how they fell in love with each other, and how they have sought to spend their lifetime together. You hear about luck or coincidence or providence, but really you begin to hear about God's hand in the midst of this relationship, past and present. And the meeting today of Boaz and Ruth on the threshing floor, I don't really think is a coincidence. It's one of those God moments, even though God decided to remain anonymous. It's carefully planned, yes, but it's not some sneaky plot, but done with a purpose. And Boaz, in his own faithfulness, knows that purpose, and he's willing to proceed and find the security in which Ruth seeks for her and for Naomi. For us to really understand this text of what's taking place, it's important to understand a little more about Jewish customs and traditions. Two that I want to talk about this morning briefly. One's the levir, and one is the goal. Levir and goal. The Latin word levir in Hebrew translates husband's brother or brother-in-law. The laborite law stated that when a man died, his nearest relative had the responsibility of marrying his wife and having a son so that the dead man's name would not disappear without a heritage. The law of the goal comes out of Leviticus chapter 25, verse 25. It states, if your brother becomes poor and sells part of his property, then the next kin shall come and redeem what his brother has sold. The gold's duty, the gold's duty was to act as a redeemer in a situation of family need, even at his own expense, that he was obligated to buy the property back and give it to the relative who had sold it. So we see Naomi's search for security for Ruth. And Ruth's obedience is an example of faith and trust. Trust. Naomi's not scheming. She's not coming up with some secret plan here. She's arranging the marriage, which is what parents did for children. Remember Ruth, where did she come from? She was a foreigner. She was from Moab. She didn't know the customs. She didn't know the traditions. And Naomi is guiding her, is giving her advice, is encouraging her to follow through with these customs. And Boaz also responds. I think it's remarkable, even at Boaz's older age, that we don't know that he too is faithful, that he too is obedient in carrying out these traditions and customs. We're reminded that women at this time were property. But Boaz knew that Ruth was so much more. Ruth makes herself vulnerable to Boaz here, not in a sexual sense, but by putting herself in a lowly position at his feet. She, in a sense, was asking Boaz to be the, the levier and marry her so that her dead husband's name and Naomi's dead husband's name and heritage may continue and be remembered. Do you remember how Boaz reacts to discovering that Ruth is there at his feet? 
He immediately begins to praise her and promises to do what she has asked. In order for us to trust another with our future, we have to find that security in ourselves and in those who lead us. But more importantly to that, we have to find it in God above. God sees the whole picture. We only see part. We might just have a few picture pieces of the puzzle when God knows what the puzzle looks like and how it goes together. Boaz in chapter 2. If you've got your Bible still open online or here, look at it. Boaz in chapter 2, verse 12 says to Ruth, May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord. The God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Boaz will become for Ruth, and actually indirectly for Naomi, wings who will protect and provide. We begin to see this same word in Ruth chapter 3 verse 9. Look at that if you've got your scripture before you. Chapter 3 verse 9, Ruth asked Boaz to spread your cloak over your servant. This is also translated as wings. In other words, Ruth is seeking shelter under the wings of Boaz. In a sense, Ruth is proposing marriage. And the laying of the cloak signifies acceptance by the man and the guarantee of protection by the woman. What a beautiful gesture. A beautiful gesture of love and actually of redemption by Boaz. Remember, Ruth is poor. She's in a foreign land. She and herself has no family, and her future looks bleak. And Boaz becomes that redeemer for her, and he becomes for us and for all an example of the wonderful love of Christ, an example that Christ is our redeemer. I don't think we hear the word redeemer much. Do you, do you hear it much? Do you, do you know what the word redeemer means? I was trying to think back to the first time I remembered Redeemer and my mother's church came to mind. She grew up in the Mississippi coast or in New Orleans and also on the Mississippi coast. And the church that they went to was the Church of the Redeemer. But I didn't know what that meant. And, and when I thought of redemption, the first memory that came to my mind was S&H Green Stamp. Do you remember green stamps? you remember those books that you went to the store and you, you got all these green stamps and you would lick them and you put them? And I was so excited because I was responsible for putting the, the 50 cent one, right? Because it was one lick on one page. You didn't have to, all those little bitty ones that you had to somehow put on the page together. The favorite part was the redemption store. All those items that you could get with all the books that you had saved. I don't remember what we got, but I just remember the fun of going and putting those together. To redeem is to move from something lesser to something greater, to make provision for, to release from bondage. Today, we don't redeem green stamps anymore, but airline miles, credit card points, grocery points, gas points. Boaz became the family redeemer for Ruth. Christ has become the redeemer for us to release us from the bondage. The bondage of our sin. To redeem our soul and our situations. In a sense, he has become for us our social security that never runs out. 
In order for Boaz to redeem, Ruth had to first obey. She had to first submit to Naomi and then to Boaz. Submission not in a sense of doing whatever I ask you to do, but understanding that what you're doing for me is in my best interest. And I will follow and wait patiently. Is that not what God does for us? If we really think about our relationship and where we've been and what we've been through, is that not what God does for us? I have your best interest in mind. There's some circumstances that you need to work out and maybe others need to work out. And yes, you need to be patient along the way. But I will redeem you. Surrender that to me. Trust me. And sometimes along the way, just as Ruth and, and Naomi were given the barley by Boaz, sometimes along the way, God reminds us through the generosity and the kindness of others that he's working in and through the situation. So here becomes the question, I think, for us today. Would you be willing to submit? Would you be willing to submit and obey another knowing that your security and hope would rest in that? Would you be willing to submit and obey to another knowing that that would bring you security and hope? Or really even a deeper question, would you be willing to submit and obey God knowing that would bring you security and hope? And what do you find security? It's easy. It's easy to say yes to those questions when we know the outcome. It's easy when we know the story. But when we don't, when we don't our faith is tested. Our, our faith is put on the line. Today I remind you that the picture is half painted. The, the puzzle is half already put together. That God has sent us Christ. That God has sent us the one to do that redemption. We just have to respond to his action. To believe it. To follow it. And in following it, that means we're willing to be that redeemer for someone else. And we can start by finding and sharing with those who find themselves gleaning just to stay alive. I admit, sometimes we find our security in others around us. But the reality is that security will not always be there. Unfortunately, people come and go. Our needs change. Our resources fluctuate. We never know when something crazy might happen that we've never expected. To find security, to find long-lasting security, we must realize that it's not a burden to submit to God, but a blessing. It's not a burden to submit to God, but a blessing. Because God has our God has your, God has my, God has our best interests in mind. Sometimes, though, it takes those in society to remind us of the security that God has in store for us. Boaz reminded Ruth and Naomi that, and this proposal for marriage, and in the blessing of the gleaning that took place in the traditions that were offered. Part of being in Jewish society was offering that security for those who had nowhere else to turn. 
in a sense, it was really their social security. But I close with this story. It was a couple's golden anniversary. Their 50th wedding anniversary and they had spent the day together and had a great time with friends and family and celebrating and sharing and even a little eating. So when they got home, they were pretty tired and going to go to bed soon, but wanted just a little bite to eat. So they had a cup of tea and were going to have some bread and butter. The husband went to the pantry and it was a new loaf of bread. And as you open a new loaf of bread, what's the first thing you pull out? It's the heel. And so he gave it to his wife, and she exploded. She exploded. It had been a long day. She said, for 50 years, you open the bread and you give me the heel. I can't stand it. You're not going to do that anymore. Why do you always give me the bread? And continued her tirade. And the husband looked at his wife flabbergasted. Finally, when she quieted down and settled down, he quietly said to her, but the heel is my favorite piece. Sometimes, sometimes what we receive is not what we wanted. And sometimes what we offer is not what someone else wanted. But when we take the time to listen and take the time to work through it and we stay together long enough to talk about it, the picture begins to change and we begin to understand each other perhaps in a way we never have before. And perhaps we begin to understand the gift that God gives us in a way that we never have before. Boaz's kindness, Boaz's security and redemption for Ruth are faithful examples for us. Gifts that he has offered to Ruth and gifts that Naomi indirectly receives too. God offers us that same security. And seeks to redeem us from whatever situations we have found ourselves or put ourselves in. May our commitment and may our security and efforts be the same for others. That many others who are looking for that security may find that in God too. I think this is what vital community is all about. I think this is what real social security is. And it won't run out, even in times like these. Where is your security? And who or what do you find real Security. We're reminded in the story today that God provides us a gift that we might not fully understand, but we can fully accept. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for this gift of security and redemption. Help us, Lord, to place our full, complete, exhaustive security in you. 
not just today or tomorrow, but each day. In your name we pray. Amen.